As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba da ba ba ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams gonna throw. One on one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's gonna take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Connor Barth. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast your host, Anthony Fagnata, with you guys, as always. And today, we have not been able to get to it this week, so it is time to take a look back at the commitment of 2023 four-star defensive lineman Joel Starlings that the Tar Heels landed earlier this week on Monday. I will be doing this one by myself. I will eventually get the opinion on him and a little bit more of an update as we go throughout the summer here from Zach Hubbard. Uh, coming up, but uh, with it being a holiday weekend and everything like that, I'm just going to ride solo on this edition of the podcast. We'll talk to you about that. We'll also talk to you a little bit about some updates from some of the other targets that were on campus this past weekend. Of course, this weekend, everything pretty quiet on the Tar Heel front. They are not going to host official visits this weekend. They're going to wait until next weekend. And it makes sense with it being Memorial Day. Some coaches probably out of town. A lot of the recruits probably wanting to hang out with their families and everything like that. So we'll tell you a little bit about the guys that were on campus last week. Some of the storylines that have come out after that, some of the rumors from some of the bigger sites like Inside Carolina, Tar Heel Illustrated. Um, we'll talk, I'll, I'll tell you what I think that means in terms of Carolina's overall standing with those guys at this point. And then after that, we do have some closing notes to get you out of here on a couple other guys that you know weren't on campus that have narrowed down their school's list. We've also got some game times for Carolina for this upcoming season, so that's extremely exciting. And uh, we do have a former Tar Heel that is going into one of the state's county sports Hall of Fame classes here in 2022. We'll tell you about who that is. But as we mentioned, 
Let's start with Joel Starlings, the 2023 four-star defensive lineman. And more importantly for Carolina, it is their first defensive commit of the 2023 class. And I know that's shocking. Carolina has done a a tremendous job recruiting on the defensive side of the football here over the last couple of years. But this is the first commitment that they've gotten in this class, and it's a big one. Uh, Joel Starlings was a guy that was pretty much looking at taking some of his official visits into the fall. And one of those official visits was South Carolina, a team that a lot of people thought uh, heading into these official visits was the leader in the clubhouse. But Carolina made a really strong push last weekend to get Joel Starlings to commit to Carolina. And on Monday, following the conclusion of his official visit on Sunday, he did end up committing to the Tar Heels and the 2023 four-star is a guy that uh, is ranked number 232 overall in the class, according to 24-7 sports composite player rankings. He is the number 43 or number 33, excuse me, defensive lineman in the class and the number four player in the state of Virginia out of Benedictine Collegiate Prep. That is the same high school that current Tar Heel linebacker Chris Collins did attend. The interesting thing here is this is the second straight player from the state of Virginia that Carolina has landed. This is not the strongest class for the state of Virginia, just in terms of overall talent. It's not as talented as the previous class. It doesn't have the gem that was a part of that previous class, but relocated to the class prior to that in Tony Grimes. But they still have some really quality guys, and Carolina is now in a position where they are taking some of these guys once again in this class. They end up landing the commitment of Starlings, and you know, for Carolina, this is a big one. They have needed to get some, you know, some momentum rolling on the defensive side of the ball under new defensive coordinator Gene Chizik. And this feels like they, it could be the start of that side of the ball starting to load up on some guys, especially down on the defensive line once again. Now, in terms of what Starling brings to the table, um, look, he's a guy that is, he's not the definition of, a defensive lineman in the in the past couple of years for Carolina. Typically, guys that would fit into this category the last couple of years would have been these two gap defensive, you know, the, the guys that are nose tackles, um, guys that sort of fit the mold of run stoppers uh, first. And that's not really what Starlings is. Um, you know, he kind of moved all over the line in, in high school. Um, he played a little bit on the left and right sides of defensive end and did play on the interior at times. But it seems like he's a guy that's going to fit more of that pass rushing defensive tackle that Carolina is going to want moving forward. Remember that this is a team that is going to a different scheme up front. It's going to be four down instead of three down up front. So it feels like this is kind of the type of guy that they need to seek out right now because you've got some of those guys that can sort of close that gap and slow down the run. Travis Shaw is the guy that you look at that can fill that role right now. And for Starlings to jump in, uh, this is this is big. They, to get a guy that sort of fits that mold of a guy that can get after the quarterback, that's what he does pretty well on film. Very athletic for his size. You see him constantly chasing down plays from behind. Very high motor. That's one of the other things that I like a lot about him. Doesn't give up on plays, and you'll see him, you know, typically he's a guy that's going to hustle to make plays in the backfield, but you will see him 
chase down plays upfield if he needs to. He's not a guy that's going to give up on those types of plays. So it's definitely encouraging when you watch him on film from that respect. Physicality, that's not the strength of his game, but he's still got the size at 6'5", 3'10". He's a guy that could contribute probably out of that defensive tackle spot almost immediately. That's the weight that you know we saw a guy that was – built a little bit different coming out of high school, had to get up to, and Keyshawn Silver, he's right around that right now, and that's the, the weight that Carolina thinks he'll be able to play, that sort of pass-rushing defensive tackle. Uh, at So I think Starlings is already kind of at that weight. So you like that about him. Um, but and, and the other thing is, is though even though he's not the most physical guy, very good finesse pass rushing guy, a very good guy that can shed blocks. And that's what you want for Carolina. One of the biggest issues that the Tar Heels have had over the last couple of years, and it's not just on the defensive line, it's at all levels of the defense, but of course it starts up front. And it's it's become fairly obvious, mainly uh, in some of these situations where teams have been able to run on Carolina pretty easily teams with the running quarterbacks, everything like that. Carolina just has to be able to shed blocks better. And that's what Joel Starlings does consistently on film. He finds ways to get himself free. Even if it's in double team situations, he's always finding a way to be in the play because he is getting himself, uh, you know, disengaged from these blocks. And that's what Carolina needs most from these guys going forward, those are the types of guys that you want to see Carolina trying to recruit. And uh, this feels like that type of guy. Um, with the commitment, Carolina jumps inside of the top 45 in the 2023 class, according to the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. Now, on three sports, thinks very highly of Carolina's class to this point. They have them ranked inside of the top 25 already. But either way, you can see that Carolina – is starting to get some things rolling. And the good news is is that most of the teams in that area, including some big names uh, like Alabama, are you know off to slower starts as well in terms of the actual numbers. Carolina, what they did the past, this past year building that 2021 class was finding the elite talent. And I think that this year is going to be more about numbers for Carolina. But if you can get some of that talent along the way, that would be huge as well for the Tar Heels. So hopefully this is the one that sort of starts getting, starts to get things going. And it feels like, you know, some of the news around these other guys might be showing that that is exactly what this past weekend did for Carolina. I think the biggest guy you look at when you talk about the other guys who were on campus and some of the news around those guys, it starts with Josh Mickens, the 2024 four-star defensive edge. And Carolina now looks to be in the driver's seat here firmly. They, uh, barring something shocking, look like they will get his commitment at some point this offseason because he is not taking another visit as of right now uh, publicly to any school, not taking any official visits either. So it looks like Carolina is really in control here. And it also helps that Carolina is going to be a finalist for one of the guys, uh, one of his high school teammates, that is, and he's going to be on campus next weekend uh, in Luke Burgess, the offensive tackle. Um, so th- this is, would be big for Carolina as well, an extremely talented four-star edge rusher. Carolina needs to continue to add guys out there because, look, they've, they've got some talent. But the problem is, is that unfortunately, 
there isn't a ton of depth out there at edge, especially with the fact that Carolina is switching the defense. You're still having some guys that are trying to find their positions in this defense. It feels like Carolina is still looking for more depth out there. So this would be a huge addition for them. And right now they have to feel pretty confident about where they are at with him uh, heading into, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of the summer. Um, we'll see. I don't know how long it, it would take. It doesn't seem like he uh, is going to probably release the top schools list or anything like that. So he's one of those guys that I would say for right now, you just kind of keep in the back of your mind, keep an eye on the social media feeds because it could really happen at any time with him. The other guy that Carolina on the defensive line was really excited about having on campus this weekend. And the one that we heard the most about, we heard a lot about Starlings and rightfully so, and it worked out very well for Carolina, but it's the in-state target, the 2023 four-star defensive lineman, Jamal Jarrett. He was on campus uh, this past weekend for an official visit. And this kicks off uh, what is a big stretch of official visits for him, including Georgia, which is right now the team that is seen as the leader for him. And the thing is, is that Carolina knows that he has been very impressionable in his recruitment. So they wanted to take advantage of that out of the gate, and they did that. They made a huge impact, not only on him, but definitely on his parents. And that could be a big factor here. Uh, Don Callahan of Inside Carolina wrote an article the other day, and the headline said that uh, they – Tutorials make a big impression on Jamal Jarrett's parents. And this makes some sense because we've heard for a little while now that uh, it, it, staying close to home is a big part of his recruitment. That is a factor. Um, but right now, the thing is, is that they just don't know how big of a factor that is because of just how well Georgia has recruited him. Georgia also not too far from Greensboro. It's definitely not the shortest drive in the world, definitely not as short as Chapel Hill, but you feel like Carolina has that going in their favor. They have the fact that Travis Shaw is a guy that has played with him for a year uh, this past year. So uh, that that's also a pull there. And I, I think that Carolina's staff established a connection with him very, very early. He's mentioned that a few times as well. And it feels like that's still something that is factoring in in his decision. I would put it this way. If you look at a lot of the recruiting sites, I feel like a lot of recruiting sites look at him as pretty much Georgia or Clemson, possibly now Texas A&M creeping in to the mix there. I think Carolina is more of a factor here, though, with the fact that they were one of the first in and the proximity to home. And I think this official visit sort of proved that. I think Carolina is going to be in this one for the long haul. Uh, put it this way, I don't think that Joel Starling's commitment really does anything uh, in terms of his commitment, in terms of his recruitment, because he's a guy that sort of fits that other role that we were talking about. He's going to be that run-stopping uh, nose tackle, that guy that clogs the middle and sort of forces running backs to bounce outside. He's not a guy that's going to get after the quarterback all that often he does a little bit in high school but at, you know when you're a guy that's as talented as he is you would expect that but I think that that possible connection with Starlings and I don't know how strong it is but you have to imagine them visiting on campus this weekend they've probably been uh, on campus a few times together even before that has to play a factor and they could have a connection there so it, it could be interesting to monitor him uh, he's a guy that is not going to be making his commitment anytime soon. Like we mentioned uh, with Mickens, that's a guy that you should be keeping an eye on at all times. 
with Jarrett, I mean, look, he's a guy that I think you, you always have to keep an eye on because, as we mentioned, he's a guy that seems very impressionable. But he's also a guy that I think is going to take all the official visits. He's going to go through the process. And he will make his decision probably before his senior season. Um, but we'll have to wait and see even on that front as to what exactly he does because he might be a guy that has a little more to think about after all the official visits uh, than maybe even he realizes at this point. You know, Carolina, outside of that, they also had a big-time offensive line target, a guy that just jumped in as an offensive line target here recently. One of their recent offers, the top player in the state of West Virginia, three-star interior offensive lineman, Lyeth Gantham. Um, And, you know, he's a guy that uh, Carolina has done this before. They've gone into the state of West Virginia and gotten the top player. They actually got the top player um, from the same high school. The last time that they did this, when they went into the state of West Virginia, they went to George Washington High School. They've got a guy who, of course, is a Carolina legend in Ryan Switzer. Well, now they're hoping to add another guy from there in Lyeth Gannum. He was a guy that was, you know, on campus last week. And I think it, people probably should know this name a little bit more than they probably do at this point. Uh, he's not a guy that I think is going to sort of take over the headlines um, at being a three-star, but it seems like some of the sites are looking at him as a potential borderline four-star. And Carolina's looking for interior offensive linemen. They still need guys there because Carolina is going to lose a significant amount of depth there uh, after this season, not only at the center position, which they've been you know, trying to find some guys even this year, knowing that that's coming, but you've got Ed Montalus, uh, you've got William Barnes, who plays a little bit on the interior there, those types of guys that are going to be graduating after the season is over. So Carolina needs the depth there. This could be exactly what Ganim could give them out of the gate. And uh, they, you know, we're looking at Marquis Anderson still are, they're going to host them for an official visit, but it feels like, as of right now, uh, Carolina is not the team in the lead for him. After this visit with Ganim, you have to feel like Carolina has a heck of a shot. Now, he doesn't have any other visits scheduled for this summer, no officials, um, although you would imagine that a team that's been on him for a while and the tie, you know, the, the, the in-state team, West Virginia, is going to give him a serious look. We'll probably try to get him to get on campus at some point here during the summer. But if he does end up sticking with the schedule that he has right now, and if he does want to decide before his senior season, you have to feel pretty confident about where Carolina is at. And, you know, the, the offensive line is an area that I feel like uh, is, is a pretty big need for Carolina in this class. They've already done a good job of going into the state of Virginia and getting Nolan McConnell out of this class. Now, will they go up to West Virginia and be able to get an interior offensive lineman to try to help them there? in an area where they still need depth. We'll have to see, but definitely a big weekend that I think helped their case in trying to uh, get him uh, to be a part of this 2023 class. Another guy that Carolina helped themselves with, but still trying to figure out just how much they did, is Lewis Carter, the four-star linebacker out of the state of Florida. And the guy that's, you know goes to Tampa Catholic High School in Tampa, Florida, Two in-state schools still right in the mix for them. Florida uh, heavily in the mix. You would imagine that at some point this summer they will get an official visit as well as South Florida still in the running for them. But Carolina is the only official visit that is on his schedule. He, of course, has taken that now. 
and seemed to like what he saw. Not as you know big of rave reviews as some of the other ones, a little more general in the headlines that were written about him, but still a guy that I think Carolina now has a really legitimate shot with. He's been to campus a couple of times now. It seems like he really likes Carolina, likes the fit of the Carolina defense. And, you know, again, we'll, we'll see, but I'm not sure just how heavily Florida is pursuing him at this point if they don't have an official visit already on the docket for him. So this is big for Carolina. The, the, this past weekend, I think, really put them in some good positions with these guys. The, you know, the thing that stinks about when these guys took these official visits is it is early on. Of course, with Starlings, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I, I feel like Mickens at this point, you're probably pretty comfortable as well. But the other guys, you still have to wait and see what they do this summer. But at the least, I think for both of those guys that we just talked about right now, Carolina is in the lead for Ganim and for, uh, and for Lewis Carter. And, you know, with, with Jamal Jarrett, uh, that was huge as well. Even though I don't think Carolina is in the lead, I think Carolina has put themselves in a really strong fighting position and has given themselves a chance to, you know, at, at least make a push here at some point this summer, um, especially if they could potentially get him back on campus sometime before he makes his decision, which is always possible. But this, you know, this was a big weekend for Carolina. They've got another one coming up at the end of June. Um, they've got a couple other weekends in there that they are going to be hosting guys. But that June 26th, uh, that or June 24th or June 26th weekend, uh, that is going to be huge. That's the last one of the uh, of the summer where guys can take visits to campus, official visits to campus before they go into a dead period. And they've got a ton of guys that are going to be on campus that weekend. A lot of guys that Carolina is going to be getting the last swing with. So it seems like they knocked that first one out of the park. Now can they do the same thing with that second weekend? We'll just have to wait and see. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll give you this week's ad from DraftKings here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. And then when we come back, we're going to talk to you a little bit about some of the closing notes, try to uh, you know figure out what we think. Uh, of Carolina, you know, game times against App State, uh, Georgia State in there, as well as the opener against Florida A&M. Find out whether Carolina has a nighttime kickoff or a daytime kickoff to begin the season in Week Zero. Stick around for all that here on the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big day, a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPNXX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back into the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Your host, Anthony Pagnotta, here with you guys. Time to go to some closing notes on this edition of the podcast. And as we shut it down, we take a look at even a little bit more recruiting news. This is away from the guys that were on campus this past weekend. And it goes, we go back into the state of Virginia, 2023 three star linebacker Jordan Bass has the Tar Heels in his top five. This is a guy that Carolina has started to sort of pick up a little bit of steam with here. They've made uh, a couple of top schools lists for him now. And the expectation is that he is going to make his decision sooner rather than later. Carolina's had a ton of success in the state of Virginia. And it seems like they're in pretty good standing with Bass as of right now. Carolina will be battling Virginia, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, and Boston College now for his commitment. So an all-ACC group in Carolina is familiar with battling uh, these schools for prospects here in the last couple of years. And this is one that, uh, as of right now, you you probably feel pretty confident. I know right now the uh, on-three sports uh, recruiting prediction machine does have Carolina as the favorite in this recruitment, but – and again, that is, uh, you know, things can change very quickly, especially during the summertime here. So we'll have to monitor his visits moving forward. But Carolina seems to be in a pretty solid spot. Meanwhile, 2023 three-star wide receiver Chris Culliver puts the Tar Heels in his top six that he revealed the other day. Carolina in there with NC State, Florida State, App State, Virginia Tech, and Ohio State. This one a little bit tougher to read than some of the other recruitments. Now, this is a big one for Carolina. They are you know, looking to add these guys in state, um, especially at that wide receiver position. That's their real focus there at that position are the in-state guys. And he is one of the main guys that Carolina has been on for a long time. He's taken multiple visits to campus. As of right now, doesn't have any official visits scheduled. So this is one that could probably go a little bit longer into you know the, the into the season maybe than some of the other guys that we talked about earlier, but Carolina has to feel pretty good about where they're at as of right now with how often he's been on campus. I think App State has a legitimate shot here. That's one that kind of sticks sticks out a little bit like a sore thumb uh, as opposed to some of the other ones in that conversation, but. Florida State's a team that's definitely worth monitoring. They seem like they're prioritizing him pretty heavily. Uh, so Carolina, I think, will have their work cut out. The good thing is, being an in-state guy, Carolina's got that close-to-home advantage. And then Virginia Tech as well, also very, very interesting. So it'll be uh, it'll be something to monitor here for Carolina uh, moving forward with Culliver. How many times they can get him on campus? Do they get him, uh, you know, potentially for a visit here before? Um, you know, the end of the year or before before the summer ends, um, and you know, potentially early in the early in the season, uh, that that'll be worth monitoring. But uh, I think Carolina definitely has uh, you know has to feel pretty confident about the fact that they are in the top six. They also have to feel pretty confident that a lot of the teams are in state uh, foes that they are going to be fighting. And uh, this seems like a guy that Carolina has prioritized since the start. So we'll, we'll see. But uh, he is getting closer to his decision. It's just a matter of uh, when he will end up making that decision and how quickly, you know, is, is there still a spot open for him at that time? Do other guys sort of make their decisions here? Because 
Carolina needs some depth at that wide receiver spot, but they do have a lot of targets in this class at that same position group. Uh, we move on, 2023 four-star defensive lineman A.J. Hoffler sets his official visit for that final weekend in June that we were telling you about before the break. This one I think is a little bit interesting. He's going to take the official visit, but I don't really think Carolina's that big of a threat here. Um, they haven't really showed up much when ta- when people have talked about him, and that's not one of the guys that we've seen sort of float into uh, some of these mock classes and everything that everybody has done before. So I think this is one that is, you know, you, you write it down, you note it. He's a guy that you'll probably keep a little bit firmer eye on here over the next week, you know, a few weeks um, until he takes that official visit. After it, you'll monitor him. But I don't really know how big of an impact this is actually going to make in his recruitment. Um, from a Carolina standpoint, I feel like Carolina's got some other targets at that defensive line spot um, that are probably guys that they would one take ahead of him and probably also guys that. Uh, they view in, in better standing uh, that, that they're in better standing with at this point than they are in his recruitment. But uh, he is going to take the official visit, so it is noteworthy and definitely one to keep an eye on here uh, as we get into that final week. Definitely uh, a group of guys, though, in that final weekend that are going to be significant, and he'll be one of those guys that I think will kind of fly under the radar just a little bit uh, especially if Carolina is not mentioned as one of the favorites for him before then. Carolina, uh, first three games of the season, they have their official game times for those games. Um, they do have the 8 o'clock kickoff to start the year against Florida A&M on August 27th. That is going to be a week zero game, but Carolina will be on the ACC network. Doubleheader of uh, ACC teams against uh, against FCS opponents, Carolina of course, taking on uh, a team in Florida A&M last year that finished 9-2 and two on the year. They did lose one of their big-time stars, though, to the transfer portal. Um, and Isaiah Land, who was just a fantastic pass rusher a year ago. So uh, Carolina will face a pretty decent challenge out of the gate. But it is from an FCS side. They do kick it off, though, at night. So Toriel fans... Uh, we'll be able to enjoy a nighttime kickoff before the Tar Heels have to go on the road for uh, week one and week two of the official college football season. Their week one kickoff against App State, that is going to be a noon kickoff on uh, on ESPNU. Um, that, that is a big one for Carolina going up to Boone, but it's huge that they get that one in the afternoon. That was one that I think, a lot of people were probably looking at it as a nighttime game. Didn't want to have to go into Boone at night. It feels like noon, maybe a little bit of a sleepy start to the game. Um, even though, look, App State is going to view that as one of their biggest games on campus that they've ever had. Um, but getting it early in the afternoon, I feel like, is a win for Carolina there in week two. Also helps that they will have that first game to sort of gain a little bit of a rhythm, get those first game jitters out of their system. Um, And then, of course, after that, they do go on the road. They play the team that Carolina hosted last year out of the Sun Belt, Georgia State. Back-to-back Sun Belt opponents on the road. That will be at noontime on September 10th, and it will also be on ESPNU. Um, that one makes a little bit of sense. Not really a game that you would feel like would be in prime time. No real rivalry matchup or anything like that between those two sides. But 
Uh, those are the first three games of the year that have the game times officially locked in. Meanwhile, they also announced that the game between Carolina and State at the end of the year, of course, in Chapel Hill this year, will be on ABC or ESPN, and it will be a noon 1 or 3.30 kickoff on uh, Black Friday. So that interesting to note there. You would imagine that uh, it is probably going to be either at noon or 3.30 in one of those primetime slots, um, and that's one that has sort of become uh, a, a signature of that final Friday of the regular season of college football. Um, and, and, you know, for Carolina, that's going to be probably the biggest game of the entire season because you don't know where Carolina will be at. It feels like Carolina could have a bowl game riding on that game. And it feels like NC State, who is getting hype very similar to what Carolina did last year, could be coming into that game. Uh, looking for a chance, you know, a, a chance to play in the ACC uh, championship game, or potentially even more than that. So Carolina uh, could have a lot on the line in that final game of the regular season, and we do know that it will now be a nationally televised game. Last note that we wanted to give you here: one of the guy, one of the former Tar Heel quarterbacks, is going into the Guilford County Hall of Fame. Former quarterback Rod Elkin. Uh, was nominated uh, earlier this week, and it was announced by the Tar Heel football program on Thursday, uh, or on Wednesday, excuse me, that he will be a part of that 2022 class. So congratulations to Rod. I am hoping to uh, try to track him down and get him here on the podcast. Of course, our last edition, we did talk to Ike Oglesby, uh, the former Tar Heel running back, and we're hoping to talk to a few more guys, including a former Tar Heel coach, a former Tar Heel wide receiver coach as well, a guy that was a part of Butch Davis's staff. So make sure that you keep an eye out on the podcast feed, uh, Heel Tough Blog Podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And then, of course, we do put the Waveform Editions on the Facebook page. Uh, make sure you check it out at Heel Tough Blog on Facebook. You can also check out the Twitter page at Heel Tough Blog on Twitter while you're there. Uh, we post all that stuff on there. Um, and also make sure you guys head over to the website. Uh, there is a ton of stuff up there. Of course, uh, as I mentioned, you know, Carolina had a big weekend this past weekend with visits. We talked about it a little bit here. We go even more in depth on the website side of things by telling you about the guys that we think could be worth watching as the next commitments in this 2023 class with Joel Starling's committing. We'll give you three names to keep an eye on it uh, as guys that could potentially pop here. Uh, sooner rather than later and become that next member of the Toriel's 2023 class. Uh, we also have, you know, some great stuff up there uh, talking about, uh, you know, transfer targets for Carolina guys that we think they should pursue uh, in the transfer portal. One of the guys in the article is actually off the market now. He just went off the other day. But two other guys that I think Carolina should still take a serious look at at the wide receiver position and area but they still need some help at this point. We'll have to keep an eye on that and, and monitor what's going on there uh, as we get closer and closer to the season. We also have uh, you know, some great basketball content up there on the website as well. Of course, we were monitoring Matthew Mayer and his decision. He did commit to Illinois yesterday. So Carolina will not be getting the Baylor transfer to add to the group that is looking to pursue the national championship on what we as the fans are deeming redemption tour part two, but Carolina 
still with the chance to potentially add somebody to this roster to try to help them out, still potentially looking at that stretch four that we thought Matthew Mayer could possibly be. Josh has an article up there on the website that talks to you a little bit about some of the other guys that Carolina could potentially take a look at now that Mayer is off the market. So make sure you head over there and check that out all on the website, heeltoughblog.com. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.